Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Alright everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Johnson. Uh, baseball's 3-0. and Guido. Yes, baseball is 3-0. and I mean, if you're looking for some winning, you know, you need to follow Randy Maisie and his crew because yeah. they're winning. I, I mean, mean, there's some happy over there, right? Right? Talk yes, about absolutely. We will talk about that, but let's start with WVU basketball. Two games this past week, two losses this past week. Kind of no surprise, par for the course, as they would say, Johnson. Nothing really changing. No, and Kansas State was one of those must wins. I think everyone had circled like, you know, if you if you were a fan holding on to any hope for postseason play, well, as far as the NCAA tournament was concerned, I think you circled this game like, okay, let's let's just take care of this and then maybe still have a chance of of getting maybe three or four wins tacked on. And this was disappointing. And this was disappointing, I think, too. A lot of the talk here, Guido, around Gabe not playing. I we knew that. He was in Hugs' doghouse, but I think stepping back and and looking at this game, you lose to Kansas State by five, and you know I think depending on where you fall on this argument, I, I'm not saying Hugs did the wrong thing, but the frustration is it's a shame it had to go down like that because having Gabe in this game probably is enough to get you over the hump and get you some rebounds and get you some points and and get over the hump and get this win, don't you think? Well, I mean, I agree. I think having Gabe in the game would have helped with the win. I think that I think Huggins and I think this game proves it. Huggins has turned and he's looking for the future now. And yeah. he's proving that right. he's not going to put up with this. And yeah. that's what that's and about. He shouldn't have to. I mean, there's no argument there. I mean, that he said he said post game in this game when they asked him, he said, look, there's there's no room in the program for Gabe's actions. And I, I think that's pretty that's pretty standard for him. I don't think we expected anything less. So, you know, Gabe didn't play. And unfortunately, you know, they could have really used that oomph, I think, to get over to get over the hump. Isaiah Cattrall goes for 13 in this game. And at one point we led by, I think, 10. And then they went on like a 10-minute scoring drought. So it was just another one of those like, you know, you're out in this, you're out in the offensive desert for half the second <laughs> half. And and you don't you don't get enough points. Well, and Johnson, here's my question. And and obviously, you know, we don't have to belabor the point, but WVU loses to K-State, they purple Kansas, and then they turn around and lose the blue Kansas a couple days later. And I think the the big narrative of the whole thing between Gabe not playing and the we're fine and, and the whole the whole concept that Huggins or the, the the vibe that he's putting out now between that and his post-game press conference after the Kansas game is he's done with this season. He's yeah, finished. That's, and it's, it's funny too, isn't it? Because post-game Kansas State, you and I were texting, Scoot was texting with us. Hugs actually is says, we just need to win five of these last six and we're good. And, we, and the three of us texted each other like, wait, huh? Like, Wait, what? Like what? What? You know, and so come so after this game, uh, WVU loses seventy one fifty eight. It just kind of and and you know honestly, Guido, I think for all intents and purposes, this was a better game than seventy one fifty eight. It got away from us at the end, but I think for you know, I think they we thought they had a fighter's chance at home being in the Coliseum, but really they just shot the ball terrible. Kansas grabs fifty rebounds. 
I and for some reason, those... Kansas cannot shoot in the Coliseum. Like Kansas has this inability to produce points when they come to Morgantown. And we saw that again. And, and, and that game was close. I mean, I think with like, I don't know what it was, maybe five, six minutes left, that game was still, sh- every, both teams were in their 50s. Yeah. Like I think Kansas had 55 and West Virginia had like 50. And then, you know, Kansas kind of ran away with it at the end. But yeah, uh, Coach Huggins Johnson was like, hey, uh, I just need to do better with the portal. Yeah, and I think he made the comment you and I were talking about. Um, he said he'd give his right arm for Cam Thurman. <laughs> and I, I wanted to ask you what you thought about that because I, I think, and I and someone tweeted it out, I should have bookmarked it, but I, I think you could make the argument that I feel like he has a kind of a team of, or not a whole team, but he has half a team of Cam Thurmans. No, and that's not that's not a I, knock against Cam. I'm just saying that I've been arguing each each time we get together, each episode, I've been arguing that, you know, I think you have Pauly Paula Cap. I think you have Gabe. I think you probably argue one or two other guys in there that I think they do work their butts off. They're just not good enough to get over the hump in conference play. Well, maybe that's it. And one of these days we should try to get Cam on the show. I I think what he's more referring to is the fact that Cam Thurman was a team player. He was an overall sort of overarching guy who was out there hustling to win games for WVU. And I think that what Huggins is feeling now, and I think what the transfer portal has done, what name and likeness has done, has really turned these guys into, well, what about me? It's about yeah. me. And I think that that's where the change is. I think that, you know, he looks at a guy in, in Huggins's head, he looks at a guy like Cam Thurman and he says, well, Cam was here for whatever, how many ever years he fought hard. He threw elbows. He did his thing out there on the court. None of these guys are doing that. These guys are just out there for themselves and not for the university. Yeah. And I think in Hugs' mind, probably um, he's thinking like, Cam did whatever he asked him to do. You know, he was probably really coachable, played whatever role Hugs asked him to play. And and you're probably right. That's probably what he's got on his mind when he's when he's saying I'd give I'd give anything for a Cam Thurman. I my my thought though in this game, once again, you know, I think I, why why uh Bill Self doesn't just throw it into David McCormick and let the big dog eat all game. I don't I don't know why. He right. he they Kansas goes spurts in this game where they forget they have David McCormick. But any <laughs> which was weird and, and we were staying in it. But how about this tweet? I saved this tweet from let's see, it's at uh N Arthur. WVU shot 27.9% tonight. That's the 16th worst shooting night for WVU since 1956. Three of those have happened in the last 11 games. That's crazy. That is a crazy statistic. 11 of those have happened since 2008. Like that whole, that whole tweet. I've read that tweet three times probably. And (laughs) I'm just like, that's just crazy to me. Three have happened in the last 11 games. Now, look, we play some top caliber defenses, right? right? But still, like, what are we What are we doing? So I think when when you talk about transfer portal and stuff like that, I think going into the offseason, we, we talked with Scoot a bit about what this team's going to look like next year. And I think the worry is it's even worse next season because you have such an exodus. You're going to have to replace these guys with the portal. So to me... Like, yes, you may want some Cam Thurmans, and I respect that, but 
I'd love to find a Deuce McBride in there somewhere. I'd love to find, you know, a couple of guys that can, that can pour it in. I, because this is just bad basketball to watch on the offensive side lately. So I, I don't know. It feels bad. And it, it is bad. It's not, it's not, I mean, it feels bad. It looks bad. It is bad. And that's the problem right now. And it's, it's really hard. Uh, and, and, and listen, kudos to us WVU fans, like kudos to the fans of, of the Mountaineers. I mean, sold out Coliseum. No, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Like we, we, I know it's a primetime game. Kansas is a big team. You know, it's great, but we stink. I, like, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Like we stink. And, and usually have been thrown in the towel. Fans no, have they haven't. And usually when teams stink like this, Johnson, I mean, you, we've seen it with other teams and we watch it all the time on big 12. And that's what blows my mind about it is like, I'm sitting here and I'm watching us play K state. I'm watching us go to the historic Gallagher Iba arena for yeah. o- Oklahoma state. And there's 4,000 people right. and 6,500 people. And here we are filling the Coliseum against kansas fourteen thousand people cheering for a team that uh, and again at the end of the day i felt like didn't have a breathing chance to win this game because of the way this team has been yeah i think this this game went largely the way we expected but it was great to turn on the tv and see a full coliseum i love that and kudos to those fans and i think that tells you that if if they can just get a little bit of oomph here you know, on the roster, man, the support is there. There's no questioning that. I think people aren't going anywhere. So, I, and and Scoot's not here. And next week when Scoot's back, uh, I'm really anxious to hear what he has to say. WVU, you know, we continue to look at this team and we continue to say, is this a coaching problem? Is this a roster problem? Is this a player's problem? And it's so hard to tell. I mean, we're we're now, you know, we're, we're three and ten in the conference. I, I I know we still have a what are we fourteen and thirteen now? Is that what our overall record is? I mean, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Fourteen and twelve, fourteen and thirteen. I yeah, know it, that off the top of my head. Uh, and uh, in 14 and 12 and you know you look at this team and you're like well is this a coaching problem i mean is it do we need co- changing in the coaching staff is this a player problem i still i ha- that's the part i haven't been able to figure out johnson uh, we sit here and we say well this team has won before this coaching staff has won before and yeah it's there there's not enough there's not a lot of young bloods on the coaching staff you know it's it's a different team than what Huggins has had before. I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around, like, where is this problem coming from? Well, I think you hit it earlier. I think we don't need to overthink it. I, I feel like it was, you know, the portal game is new, and I think this was a swing and a miss. And that's no knock on Pauly Policap and Curry and these guys, Diamond Kerrigan. I think I think they've had some good and some and some bad, but I think they were largely, like, I don't know, project guys. You know, like they weren't fully you said it right off the jump when we started talking about the basketball season are are we going to see these guys get hurt by not having a season with hugs so that year 2 they can come in and really be productive and i think that played out largely i mean i i, I think you know it was it was we're going to take a flyer on some of these guys and plug some holes and and it didn't develop and i so to your point is that coaches not developing them quickly i you know i i don't know i think these guys have shown they can develop players they just need the time and that wasn't afforded them this year really i i think that i think that year in and then 
year two come in and be part of the roster is probably is probably what they needed and they didn't do it they didn't do it that way i guess some other things we should talk about before we kind of combine this with what we want to talk about with the football program is, you know, once again, Bob Huggins, he's named a finalist for the Naismith Hall of Fame for 2022. Tell me if you've heard this one before. Yeah, I know. What is this year? Three, four in a row where he's made it three, right? And you know what I hate about it this year is it just feels a little dirty this year, Johnson. Yeah. You yeah, know, it feels like, like sad trombone, doesn't it? It feels yes, a little like, yes. you know, wah, wah. you're like, not oh, having a man. great year, but now, you know, now maybe is the year and, and there's not a whole lot to celebrate. So, I mean, I don't even, I, there's part of me, I don't know Huggins. I, I mean, Huggins has historically said he doesn't want to be elected to the Hall of Fame until after he retires. Yeah, right. I, I have to imagine that, you know, Bob Huggins is sitting at home you know, having having a little drink saying, gosh, man, I hope I don't get elected this year. How <laughs> crappy would it be to be elected in a year where my team stinks, like on top of everything else? Yeah, that, but, would, be, uh, that would be a disappointing way. But either way, I mean, it would still be an amazing, an amazing award. So I'm still pulling and Guido. I think this season is the season. I think it I think it, I think it is the, the year they finally do the right thing. That's my, but what, what are you thinking? Do you think this is, I mean, I I don't know. I don't want to think that like in the the back of my head, like you're probably right. Cause that's such a West Virginia thing. I mean, we go back and we talk, it is, it really is like, it's so us. I'm Johnson. It's so us. It's like, we stink this year, but Hey, he gets into the hall of fame. (laughs) Like, what are we doing? Uh, Yeah, so uh, the West WVU also announced, and we talked about this before, uh, they're going to be in the 2022 Phil Knight Legacy Tournament, which is going to be really cool. Uh, It's going to have Duke, Florida, Gonzaga. I mean, it's all major teams that are in there. Yeah, and it, like, immediately makes me nervous, right? Like, what is your reaction (laughs) to that? Because we're sitting here talking about what is this team even going to, like, who's even going to be on this roster? And then... Thanksgiving, we're going to be like maybe running into Duke or Gonzaga or Xavier or somebody. I was thinking Johnson that I hope that we get Portland state in the first round. When I looked (laughs) at the, when I looked at the list, I was like, Oh my gosh, of all those teams, like Portland state looks the most appetizing. Line us up against Portland state. Please. Let's start there. Uh, so, but that's, that's good for WVU. Um, so not, You know, we need to kind of continue this conversation of WVU as an entity, as an athletic department, and their ability to handle and operate in this new world of transfer portal, you know, no, you know, because it used to be you transferred, you had to sit out a year, that doesn't happen anymore. Between the transfer portal world that we live in now and the name and likeness world, we saw it kind of rear its ugly head, Johnson, this week also in the football program where more defensive backs are leaving WVU. Yeah. And we took another one of those, like out of nowhere, like right hooks on Twitter. Didn't we? It was like out of nowhere, Daryl Porter jr. Says, Hey, I'm hitting the transfer portal. And it was another starter, you know, another, so we used to remember the days Guido, when we went, well, that guy didn't really play a whole lot. So we'll just, nervously what? you mean the days you mean the away. days a year ago when right. we used to say oh well that guy didn't play a lot so remember when no big started? deal yeah and you would hand wave it and go well he was a guy that was like third string no mm-hmm. this is a this is another you know a la uh who Drashawn miller uh tyke smith right. you know you start to jackie matthews maybe even you you line daryl porter up there and 
I think it was a weird, like this came out and then Mountaineer Twitter, it was like, it was a couch that someone lit on fire, you know, <laughs> yes. like Mountaineer Twitter. just Absolutely. Went, yeah. This this was one of those situations, Johnson, and and I don't know how this. Ha I mean, I have an idea, but I don't know how this happened. This like quickly went into like the Mad Max realm of Twitter, <laughs> right. because it like went from like Daryl Porter Jr. announced he was leaving, and then Sam Brown chimes in, and Sam Brown's like, "Hey, the grass is greener, things are great, leave." Right. And Tyke Smith's like, "Yeah, let's do this," and then all of a sudden. <laughs> Darius Stills come in, comes in, and he's like, "Is this ruining college?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, yeah. what is happening?" Everybody here? comes in and has an opinion, and it this one felt like, this one felt like Mountaineer fans on Twitter were like, "Not up in here! Like, not this right. one! Like, we're putting our foot down. We need to understand what's going on." And there was someone, you know, kind of, uh, kind of speculated like with this other stuff that's going on and Sam Brown chiming in and, and, and these other guys chiming in, are we, are they pointing out something toxic that's going on that we really, we, you know, that's playing out in front of us. Uh, Scotty young tweeted at one point that he hit the portal pre NIL. So you can't blame it on that. And he quoted, he said, quote, it's bigger than ball, which is, which was weird to me. Like, what do you do with that? And then, and then TJ Simmons, who has, uh, he always cracks me up on Twitter because he, he puts his name in as uh, he's a scout stream on, yes. on Twitter, which is great, but he always puts his name in as Le Fufu, which just cracks me. <laughs> like, I don't know what that is. And it's none of my business what that is, but it just cracks Le, me up. I yes, see Le Fufu is Le funny. Fufu. But anyway, um, he tweets uh, something. And at the end, he, and he, he was kind of saying like, look, everyone tries to figure this out. He said, Hey, look, you're not going to figure it out. And, and that uh, I want, what I wanted to ask you, Guido, that along with Scotty Young's, Hey, it's bigger than ball. Like, honestly, I don't know what to make of all that. Like no. why so cryptic? Like, why can't we figure it out? Let's figure it out. If it's well, like, let's, let's please, let's figure it out. I don't get it. And, what do you and make of that? Well, and here's the problem we're seeing is we're seeing some of these players go into the portal thinking that the grass is greener. And I know that for Tyke Smith and for Sam Brown, they've landed and it's, it's, been, it's done well for them. I, I think that, you know, as Division One athletics go, it's taking these universities a while to catch up to speed to – the money to the functionality of name and likeness. And I think you're, you're going to have this next generation. You're going to have this, the, and I think it starts this year, or maybe it started last year of these recruits that they're going to make some of their collegiate decisions based on their, the financial, you know, perspective for each of those schools, yeah, how much money right. can they make? Yeah. And I think that the kids that are in school now that I think the Scotty Young's, like he's saying, like, like committed before nil name and likeness came into place. Like they're trying to, they're saying, Hey, listen, we, we need to figure this out. So we make our money. I, I think it's going to take WVU a few years to figure out how this works. The the thing I'm concerned about Johnson and the whole ordeal of it. And you, you know, you've got the Ken Kendricks thing and the, whatever they're calling it, the Mountaineer, I forget what they're calling it, but. Oh yeah. The uh, country roads trust or. Yes. Right. Yeah. You've got all that. I think my biggest concern is, is that when you look at a, at West Virginia, and let's just talk socioeconomically, the state of West Virginia. Sure. Com compared to, you know, Texas compared to 
Alabama compared to these bigger programs financially, you know, they're not going to have the backing that they need to get some of these kids in. I think that's where I'm concerned. It's just like, you know, you if you ever wanted if you ever wanted to be competitive to get the best players for the most amount of money, we're never going to fall into that that sphere. Well, and and I have the same concern, but if we step back a minute, do you think and I'm just sort of thinking out loud here. I haven't really thought put enough thought into this, but this all coincident coincidentally times around Jamila die just happens to get a new job at Miami, you know, right. like my man crush moves. Downtown. So you're asking, you're asking what is the percentage chance that Daryl Porter jr. Goes it, to like the hurricanes. I mean, I'm just saying like it. And, and I guess to step back a minute, let's, let's think about when we were in the, uh, what do we, I'll call it the before times like <laughs> yeah. in before NIL before transfer portal. Do you think this plays out this way? And I'm, and we're supposing a bit. So let's, let's suppose we don't know, but let's suppose that Daryl Porter Jr. Ends up landing at Miami. Do you think that happens anyway in a before times scenario? Like I, I love know. that coach. He's now at an interesting <sighs> school to me. He maybe reaches out and I guess, you know, some people were tweeting like tampering question mark, you know, like, right. is this, this like, he just well, happens to suddenly get interested in the, in the transfer portal. But I, I guess I'm just saying, do you think we're, do we have recency bias and we're all losing our minds about NIL and transfer portal? And maybe this happens anyway in a, in a, scenario. no, I don't, I don't think it does. And, and here's, and here's why. So, you know, with name and likeness coming in place and, and the NCAA saying, Hey, you know what? You don't have to sit out of here. Like, I think all of that combined has made it so that the NCAA becomes this entity that is worthless and doesn't have to do anything anymore. Like yeah, they collect money right. from their, from their associate institutions, but they don't have to do anything because it's not like there's any sort of policing of it. It's like a kid says, Hey, I want to leave this school and go to the other school. Here's a bag of money, have fun. And I think that's, that that's the problem I have with it. I think if you had name and likeness in place, but the old transfer rules were still put in and you had to sit out a year, I think that would change the game a little bit. Yeah, I do too. I do. I and, do too. And I think that was probably the only thing keeping the floodgates from opening that year right. penalty. And I think that's what Darius was saying too, in his comment, it's like, it's, it's fine if these, and I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board with, listen, let these players, you know, get trucks from Toothman Ford and let these players eat pepperoni rolls or whatever it might be and get money for it. That's fine, but don't let them be able to transfer and leave on a whim with no consequences. Yeah, you know, you've and- gotten doesn't it make you wonder if he then like from a player's perspective too, it makes me wonder we, like I brought up Dreshawn Miller. He went to Auburn. He's now back in the transfer portal. He'd, he'd probably be solidifying himself as like a third year starter in the WBU defense. It seems silly, doesn't it? It's like, right. it, it's not. And when we see these grasses green, or I think it gets under our skin because you're like, really? I mean, well, and, and here's the, and this is not to, not to become like, I'm going to start adulting here, Johnson. Like I'm going to sound like a dad, (laughs) right? It's okay. But not to talk about the real world, but the real world's kind of like that in some ways. It's, I mean, it's, yes, you can make your own decisions and do what you want to do. But if you're under contract, if you've got something you're supposed to do, then do it. And I think that's the problem I have with it is now it's allowed students like Daryl, like Daryl Porter. He waited to jump into the portal after 
he already accepted his scholarship. So he gets a free semester at WVU now, hits the portal. He'll be somewhere else. He'll do summer practices with, with, with whoever and play next year for another team. It's abusing the system. And I, I think that's the pro that's where the NCAA and they won't, you know, Mark Emmert. I mean, listen, we are what three years into this craziness now. Yeah. And I swear Mark Emmert is in, in Indianapolis, like hiding under a desk. Nobody's heard from him. When's the last time you saw him in a press conference? Right. Like he's like getting his checks from the NCAA and going fishing on the weekend. I, I this is where I have a problem with the system is, is they need, uh, yes, I think the players needed to be compensated better than what they were uh, for, you know, making these institutions so much money, but they can't, you, you have to balance the taking advantage of the whole situation. And I don't think they've done a, a good job of that. I feel like we're in the wild West portion of this evolution. And I think, do you we'll think probably... it cleans up? Do you think they, do you think they change it and it gets better? Cleans up. I don't know, but I feel like it hasn't hit the rhythm that it will probably evolve into right now. It just seems like a free for all. Yeah. And it, right. And it feels like, there's a lot of coaches speaking out about it that aren't happy. I mean, what, who was it? Lane Kiffin was going at, uh, yeah. <laughs> a Jimbo, you know, last week or whatever. I, so it, it feels like it's in this, just everything goes situation now. And I, I just, I have to imagine that I don't know what the length of time will be, but on the horizon, it will, it will sort of calm a bit and, and make a little bit more sense. I think, I think it will still be tough for the West Virginias of the world to compete with the teams you were naming earlier. I think, unfortunately, that's the reality of it. But right now, you know, the so someone tweeted out that WVU, you know, has the unenviable lead in the Big 12 with 18 players transferring out of the program. So uh, Tavis Lee is another one. He was a defensive lineman who hit the transfer portal. Now, he's one of the more hand wavy ones, not that we want to see him go, but he's one of the more hand wavy ones, you know, wasn't really seeing playing time and you can kind of understand that. But, I, you know, here we are again, talking about this had calmed down. This conversation had calmed down for a bit, but here we are now talking about how WVU leads in this stat. We don't want to be leading in. And I guess it just makes me wonder how does Neil Brown get this under control? It, you know, we talked last week, it was like, we put a, you know, we finally put a, um, uh, what was the Billy Mays advertisement where he would put the like piece of tape on a big leak <laughs> and it would just yeah. stop it, you know, what yes. was seal. So we flex seal, we like slap the old flex seal on the wide receiver room. You know, we talked about that last week. Now I feel like it's gotta be uh crickets in an empty room over in the defensive backs. Right. I mean, right. it's, it has to feel that way. So I, I don't know. It feels like you just turn from one crisis to the next on this team, on this roster. Well, and I think for me, Johnson, the hardest part has been, and we'll, and we'll pivot to baseball here in a second talk about happiness, Let's do but, <laughs> but I think the hardest part has been, it's like, if you are forecasting as a, as a prognosticator, if you are forecasting the future for WVU football and WVU basketball for 2022, 2023, it ain't pretty right now for either of those programs. Yeah, it feels like a tough road to hoe. I mean, the Graham Harrell news was a shot in the arm, but man, it just feels like so many other questions still have to be answered on this team and the competition doesn't get any easier. 
So speaking of speaking of a shot in the arm, then WVU finds out this week that Raheem Jeter, who's one of their quarterback recruits, gets shot in the leg. Yeah, which is how terrible is that? We'll need surgery. I haven't heard any more on this on this uh, news. So hopefully, you know, hopefully it's something that he can he can bounce back from. This sounds terrible, and it just feels like bad luck in the middle of all, you know, all, all of this transfer portal and tough recruiting and stuff. Uh, I, I don't know. It was, it was just like, <laughs> to me, like, come on, not and hated for him, hated for, you know, what it hopefully won't do to his recruitment. I just want to get to a point and I don't, I'm not sure where that point is. That point I feel like is a year, a year and a half down the road where I'm not shaking my head, Johnson, about yeah, well, WVU athletics. And, and here's the question I have for you. Like, when does this, when does all of this, when does WVU's inability to compete in the transfer portal and name and likeness and everything, we've been talking about the coaches. We've been talking about Huggins not being able to do it. We've been talking about, you know, Coach Brown not being able to do it. When does it, when does it really sit on the shoulders of Shane Lyons? Yeah, it's a great point. Well, I think sooner than later, if you start to see, so we're still talking about a sold out Coliseum. Right. Uh, we're still talking about, you know, think about when we met up in October to watch WVU, uh, which felt like a lame duck WVU team play Texas. There's still, what, 57,000 people in the stands. I mean, right. I think if you're Shane Lyons, you've got to feel like you're on the precipice of do I start to see some of that evaporate? And then I'm forced to be more involved in this. I think that's when it starts to fall on his shoulders, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I think the the best thing for Shane Lyons right now is a sold out crowd in the Coliseum on a yeah. Saturday night to watch us lose to Kansas. Like, right. but but I feel like this to me is starting more and more to look like, hey, administration did not prepare the athletic department for the you know the coming storm of name and likeness and transfer portal. No, you make a great point, and I thought early on we were ahead of the game in that regard. If you you know if you listen to social media and you listen to some of the communication out of WVU athletics, but that certainly doesn't feel like it. And, and I, I did notice. So to your point, I did notice people tweeting um, kind of over the weekend prior to the Kansas game that they felt like just generally speaking, that they felt like interest in the WVU athletics programs were waning a little bit. Now you wouldn't know that Saturday night in the Coliseum, but I think on the football side, you know, if Scoot were here, I think he'd point to these out of the gate games against Virginia Tech, Pitt, people like that. I think if you start to drop those and it starts to become apparent that you've got big holes in this roster because of transfer portal activity, then, man, I, I don't ever want to show up to Mountaineer Field and see like 45,000 people in the stands, 40,000 people in the stands. You know, that's going to be sad. Um, I don't, yeah. I feel like Shane Lyons has a lot of headroom on that because WVU fans are WVU fans. And I think they're extremely loyal and they'll, they'll weather a lot of that, but man, it feels bad to see, to see these moves on the football side. Well, and I start to, I kind of, you know, we've been doing this podcast now for a couple of years. I mean, obviously you and I have been West Virginia university fans forever and scoots, yeah. you know, last 20 years. 
And I kind of do this like barometer test where I start to listen to, you know, some of our fellow podcasters like RVK and Country Roads Confidential and and, and Josh over at Unreasonable Doubt. I read a lot of articles from, you know, West Virginia Sports Now and Smoky Musket. Yes. Yeah. And, and I start to sort of ga- start to gauge this temperature of, well, is this, is this a coaching problem is this a university problem and it's starting to tilt a little bit more towards hey i don't know if the administration really got everybody ready for what was happening and i think that you're right the test will be what happens here in the fall you know not necessarily if it's wins or losses but yes butts in the seats you know amount of games that are being televised nationally those are things that start to add up for the university and if shane lyons and president gee can't get all of that in order i'm not necessarily sure i'm focusing the blame on you know coach brown coach huggins you know individually yeah me either and i agree with you because it's look it's tough to navigate i mean we're not i don't think you and i are making these opinions because we think like hey just fix it i mean there's no doubt it's hard to navigate i totally get it but i think you have to help yourself out as much as possible and at the moment it feels like we're constantly talking about being on our heels rather than getting out in front of some of this stuff. So, you know, I think on the basketball side, Guido, to answer your question, we'll see in the off season hugs might, uh, I think he's fully capable of, of fixing it. He's fixed it before. I think he'll, he'll know what he wants. He, we were already talking about um, uh, a new commitment just here today uh, that basketball picked up Federico. Yeah. Juco big man, Johnson Fidi Frederico. Yeah. Uh, six foot 10 guy. So I yeah. think, you know, do you, do you see hugs, uh, on the basketball side, you know, fill the holes in the roster that we're anticipating being there. And then on the football side, does Neil Brown either get another Graham Harrell type splash to come in and help with some of that stuff? Or, you know, what, what changes does he make in the off season? I think, you know, unfortunately time will tell, I just hope we don't fall too far behind that then we find, man, we can't, we can't, we can't catch up and we find ourselves, you know, bottom of the barrel on the football side. Right. So it'll definitely be interesting. On the flip side of thing, Randy Maisie and the WVU baseball team has started their season off this past weekend, three and O with a victory most recently over central Michigan, 10 to nothing. Johnson looking pretty good to start the season. Yeah. And it looks really fun. It's fun to win. Like it's fun to see a WVU Twitter account tweeting wins and, you know, uh, Hussey's first career hit is a grand slam. That was pretty exciting. I feel like, and I think he had back-to-back days where he hit home runs, uh, in these games. Um, I had his dad, his dad, Steven was out there videotaping and posting on Twitter, all of his hits and, and, uh, people were going crazy about it. So that was awesome to see him, you know, really start off well, but yeah, win on Friday night, 13 to eight over central Michigan, a number 16th ranked central Michigan team as well. Let's make sure we mention that. Yeah. And then they play Kent state on Saturday and win eight to three and then come back on Sunday and beat central Michigan again, 10 to nothing. I mean, it's fun to see a WVU baseball team. That's, you know, amping up. Yeah. And they seem like they have some juice. I mean, I, I think if scoot were here, he would probably say if the pitching holds up, you know, they might, they might be something special this year. I think JJ Weatherhold and Austin Davis had a, 
um, a pretty, a pretty awesome opening day. I think uh, I saw Jake, uh, our buddy, Jake Lance had tweeted out, they went like six for 10 multiple RBIs in that opening day win. So it looks like there's a lot of bright spots on Randy Maisie's roster. And I think, you know, Guido, you and I were talking like, look, if we don't have major league baseball to watch, uh, perhaps then uh, it's even more eyeballs on uh, WVU baseball. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I mean, what do people think? Like, do you think uh, some of the players, I'm sure, like the Austin Davises of the world will be like, hey, let's just do a WVU baseball podcast? Like, we don't need the other sports. <laughs> yeah, right. Come you on. Know, Steven, I mean, Grant Hussey's out there. Stephen Hussey uh, posting stuff on his son. Grant Hussey's out there, you know, as a freshman hitting home runs. Let's let's <laughs> let's follow some baseball. Yeah, come on. I mean, and the good news is, is WVU baseball, you can watch a lot of it on TV. They play a lot on ESPN Plus if you are willing to pay for it and see it. But uh, it could be fun to to watch some collegiate baseball. And I, and I think we've said this for a long time. Like, I know Randy Maisie's now been here for a while, but, you know, the whole idea was for him to make WVU baseball relevant, and I think he's done a really good job of doing that, Johnson. Yeah, and I think there's an example. Doesn't that also feel like an example? So back to the other conversation we were just having, that Randy Maisie seems to – he it feels like he recognizes and then fills the holes in his baseball roster, and he keeps putting a quality product on the field. So I feel like that's a good example example of how how it can be done and how he can be pretty consistent i think you know it's it's interesting when you talk about a down year for wvu baseball you know past baseball wvu baseball fans would be like what are you talking about you know that's not a down year we're we're still we still have a ton to root for so and i feel like that's the case this season yeah i mean i think it's it's a fun team i mean you know you've got a player like Austin Davis, who's now what his third year at WVU, he's you know I think leading the team in hits. There's a lot of fun, I guess, for lack of a better word, to watch there. There's a lot of fun baseball. On top of that, and we forget this sometimes, like WVU baseball has produced some guys, you know, that have gone on and had major league baseball careers. John Means, you know, Manoa, they've all gone on and had pretty successful and are looking good in the major leagues. Yeah, and and what better advertisement for your program than to be sending those guys and have them have immediate success. So I, I think it's cool. I think he's doing a great job, and I'm excited for baseball. Yeah, I think we'll do a better job as a podcast following WVU baseball. I mean, we always report on it every season, but this year we'll try to do a little bit better job. I mean, yeah. we're baseball. We're And here's the thing. That's the funny thing. We do a podcast about WVU sports. We talk a lot about football and basketball, but you and me and Scoot, we're baseball guys. Yeah, that's the funny thing is we're probably baseball guys first and then other sports, to be honest. So, yeah, let's uh, – I mean, let's – if nothing else, let's soothe our wounds from – basketball season <laughs> with some baseball right yeah exactly wvu baseball plays some games that are televised this week on monday they play coastal carolina at noon that's on espn plus they travel to charlotte north carolina to play charlotte and that's at 4 p.m on friday that is also on espn plus so there's a lot of wvu uh, games coming up that whole charlotte series between espn plus conference usa tv you can watch that whole series next weekend uh so definitely check it out uh as for basketball johnson we're still playing games i mean wvu basketball is still happening we we, we travel at tcu we haven't played tcu yet maybe that's a good thing right yeah well and uh you know we we saw uh juan howard today throwing hands at a wisconsin coach do you think hugs would ever 
just get sick of TCU and just maybe throw some hands at Jamie Dixon sometime. <laughs> toss toss some fits at Jamie Dixon. Uh, I don't like Chop. your hair. I hate your hair, Judy Chop. That's right, Judy Chop. <laughs> WVU plays TCU on Monday. That game is on ESPN Plus at 8 p.m. Then they go Wednesday to Iowa State. Uh, that game is on ESPNU in Ames. And they come back to Morgantown on Saturday to play Texas. That game's at 2 p.m. in the Coliseum. It's either on ESPN or ESPN2. Judging by the way we're playing, I'm guessing ESPN2. <laughs> um, no offense. No offense, WVU. Yes, no uh, but. It's it's a tough week for WVU to have to start Saturday uh, playing a number six team Kansas and then travel to Fort Worth, travel to Ames, then back to Morgantown four games in a week. I yeah. know Huggins probably isn't happy about that, but like we've said, I think Huggins has really changed changed his focus a lot and uh, and is starting to look more towards the future. I, I read a couple of articles, Johnson, and, and it pretty much said at this point. I mean, aside from winning out or doing something ridiculous, WVU is. Pretty pretty much mathematically out of being in the NCAA conference or in the NCAA March Madness tournament. Uh, you know, the the NIT and those other tournaments, those invitationals are still on the table and likely we'll get an invitation. You know, we'll play in one of those because we bring fans and we bring eyes and people will watch. But we'll see what happens with WVU basketball as we move uh, forward this next week. Johnson, I think I think that'll do it for us this week. I mean, is there anything we missed? Is there anything we didn't touch base on this week that we should we should have talked about? Is there any other happy WVU stuff? No, I think as uh, in true fashion, normally as soon as we sign off, something dramatic happens in the sports world at WVU. Right. I think given our transfer portal, I'm hoping that's uh, on the football side enough enough drama for a while. Um, and do you feel like we can sneak out? a few basketball wins here down the stretch, TCU, Iowa state, some teams on here that we've, you know, we would think in a normal season, we could get to steal some victories from what are you thinking here this week? I mean, it's so hard for me. It's so hard for me at this point to We're be able to pick a win basketball. We're in such a bad mood about it. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it really is. And I mean, do I think out of these last five games that they'll pull out a win, uh, five, six games, they'll pull out a win. Yeah. I mean, I think they, I mean, mathematically, it would make you think, yeah, they can win one of the, at least one of these, right? Like they're going to win at least one of these. Uh, it's just, it's hard for me to, I can't even look at the schedule and say which one they might win. I like, know it's tough. It's tough. It's, I, I think we get, I think we get one, if not two this week, I'll be honest, because I think people are just mad. I think they're just mad. And I think, well, and I, I think I also wonder also take us for granted a bit coming into their house, you know, cause we're struggling a bit. So I think combine those two things together i feel like you you'll see at least one win this week yeah and i also wonder that like now i feel like in a lot of ways on a whole the media is just has no focus on wvu you're not hearing about them on college game day on saturdays you're not hearing any you know even west virginia media is sort of soft on them at this point does that that takes a lot of pressure off of nobody expects them to win so if they do win that's great yeah that's true it's not like you have mounting pressure on your shoulders to get these to get to get wins accomplished so maybe you know maybe you steal a few this week uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'm hoping so. Yeah. Who knows? So uh, other rumor is Johnson that Scooty may actually be back next week on the show. Yeah. I mean, we'll welcome him back. Like, uh, oh, hey, remember Scoot? Like, remember this guy? Remember this guy? 
<laughs> I mean, we'll see if he actually can return. I mean, he's still out there on the recruiting trail for uh, the Ohio Valley volleyball uh, <laughs> <laughs> prep league that he does. But uh, I'm sure that next week he'll come back with a lot of insight that it will be weeks old and pretty stale by that point. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, everybody. Had some time though to find some, uh, you know, a pick your ears, or I can't believe, uh, can't believe my ears, maybe for us. Let's let's look forward to that. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. Well, listen, everybody, we're going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can find us online. Look for us on Instagram or Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also search for us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears on. And listen, don't forget, check out our website. It's a great place to go and see things. It's Got Your Ears on .com, Johnson. Yeah, it's kind of our hub for everything. We'll post the, the latest show in blog form with all of our uh, show notes, links to stuff you can click on further. You can click through to the merch store and check out the GYEO merch. And if you want to listen to the latest show via the tune in link, you can do that right on the sidebar. So check it out. Yeah. Check it out. Got your ears on.com. And don't forget you can text us or call us 304-518-GYEO. That's 304-518-4936. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Tell us the good, the bad, how you're feeling. Maybe you'll end up on the show. So uh, don't forget, text us, call us on that number 304 518 4936. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week with another show you've been listening to. Got your ears on. Got your ears on.